I'm Cotton, and this is a BAMF. This is uh, <laughs> out of character. Uh, it is some. We got the date in there, April 16th. We don't know what episode count this is. I'm sure all of that tax shit will be cut. Yeah, right. we're going to edit that shit out. Yeah. Edit button. Edit button. It works now, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, apparently Jeep's just not, she's not feeling well. Had to go grab BAMPs. And uh, today's episode is about D&D 1, the creator summon a little bit. That's been the hot new tea that's been dropped. That's what, that's what they say now. It's tea. Like for gossip. Wouldn't that be G? No, it's it's a different thing now. I guess the tea because it like steeps, right? Like you put the tea bag and then like it leaks out. I, I don't I don't know. I, I like it though. You know, I'm southern. I like gossip. I like tea. Gossip is now tea. I can dig it. I mean, they just changed what it was, and now you're no longer with it. Yeah, but like it's like that. Like you know, some things change. Like that meme that says nobody. I hate that shit. That's dumb. This is this is fine. This is good. I like I like that tea is now a euphemism for gossip. So that's what we're, this that's what this is about. We're gonna talk about D and D one. We're gonna observations. try. We're gonna try. We're gonna make it. Uh, yeah. So there you go. So so first first let me let me ask you. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on D and D one? Where where are you at? What do you know about it? What do you know about the Creator Summit? What's your quick version of of stuff you've heard? That whole that whole deal. I'm at D and done. Does that mean you don't give a shit? Like you you saw like a PDF and you're like, no. So I haven't truly followed a lot of it since it was first announced. And that first round of, I don't even know if it was playtest documents or if it was just announcements of things like stuff is no longer going to critical hit and everything exploded. Yeah, I think that was in the playtest document. And that may be a thing that they were vacillating on. I think I disagree with you on that in terms of it being a big deal because it's a playtest. Like, you're allowed to be wrong. Right. Know? So here's the thing that I was looking at when they were soliciting feedback for that kind of stuff. The feedback's all useless. You think so? so why, is the, why is the feedback useless? All right. You know how many people play D&D? A lot. You know how many of those people have worthwhile opinions? Well, like none, but they just like all the big stuff. They may get something, but so, but okay. But is there anything else beyond that? You know, some mechanical things you liked or didn't like. Is that is that where you are? Uh, well, after that stuff happened, then the open gaming license thing happened. Yes, it did. There was some there was some OGL uh, issues and problems, and everyone got mad at them. And it was, uh, in my opinion, it was a big much ado about nothing. The internet lost its shit, and they had to back down. It was. Um, but I guess my frustration is I feel like after having absorbed as much of this tea as possible, I kind of see what they're trying to do, and it's not an evil Machiavellian move. It's actually really smart, but they are, but they don't want to tell people because it's very much good for them, and maybe not good for the hobby. It depends on your viewpoint. So ever since D and D Beyond bought out, or was bought out by Watsik, obviously. D&D Beyond was proof of concept for building their own virtual tabletop. Like Whether it's going to be the next edition thing or whether it was going to be something just down the line. Like Obviously, some of the first things that I... Not even first things. I don't know when they were released. I don't mention. But there are different extensions that you can get for your browser so that you can just click stuff on D&D Beyond and it'll port it over into Roll20. Or there was a Beyond. He was the I believe it's just a Chrome extension where you could just 
make a virtual tabletop that existed in your browser and used D&D Beyond to run things. Like, people were already doing it, so obviously they're going to do it officially and get money out of you for it, which I... It's a giant evil mega corporation. Of course, that's their goal. Right. So it's actually bigger than that, in my opinion. That's that's why I'm here to talk about today. So... Well, this is your opportunity to sell me as somebody who has paid zero attention to it since then, outside of the internet. Game. Okay, so here is the 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 plan, and we can talk about me- mechanics uh, a little bit afterward. But this is this is the big thing I want people to hear. Okay, they are trying to build the beautiful walled garden because the problem with D and D is they can't make enough goddamn money. That's their problem. Right, I think like probably half of all dollars spent on all RPG shit goes to them, and they're like, "Yeah, but what about the other fifty percent? Like, they need all the money. Wouldn't it be great if they had all the money? Like, can't you see how that would be good?" Just like every mega corporation ever. Yeah, they want all the money. So every time someone spends a dollar on anything that's not them, they're like, "That could have been our dollar." But even with the books, that's not enough. Like, like the the big problem because people buy the books once. And then they use their imagination. Well, uh, you can't fucking get money on their imagination. So they're frustrated. So they try to sell other shit, and some of it's worked, some of it's not. You know so what this they is should their do? plan. What should they do? They should sell things to inspire your imagination. Imagine Wizards of the Coast flavored weed. Yeah, I was going to say, this is drugs. It felt like drugs. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, they should. I agree. Uh, I, I I definitely want the people who make the game Monopoly to get a to get a quarter on the drug trade. I can't see how that could go sideways. Uh, <laughs> you, think you about how much faster. Just chill. Think about how much faster legislation would change the. Mm-hmm. So the 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 D and D one thing as as what came out at the summit is it's no longer going to be D and D one the sixth edition of the or whatever. Although I'm skeptical of that, but I'll get there. Their point of D&D 1 is a construction of Dungeons & Dragons combined with D&D Beyond and a future virtual tabletop. They want it to be easy and smooth. I love D&D Beyond. We're not gonna make, I'm, I'm spoiled on it. Okay, the, the character creation process is so easy. Click, 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 and it works, and it's fairly accurate. There's some problems in the PDF generation, but for the most part, it's pretty sweet. And that's what they want more of. They want shit like that. It's so good and so easy and so wonderful that you just can't live without it to the point you're kind of dependent upon their ecosystem. They have D&D 5th Edition. Now they're going to have this character generator, and they're going to sell the digital shit on the shop. And it's going to be by character or a, a per-month thing. It's not going to be I bought the shit one time, and I passed the books around to all my friends. Here, Here's Xanathar. Copy your shit one time, you're good to go. It's going to be, if you want access to this badass character generator to make character A, you're going to have to pony up. You want character B, pony up again. Don't like getting nickel and dimed? No problem. Pay for the mastery pass and we're good to go. That's the future. And they're going to stack things on top of that, including a new virtual tabletop. People were at the Creator Summit when they announced this big VTT. Well, you know, what What are the specs? And they're getting a lot of shit because they didn't know. They're like, we don't know what specs you'll need to run this. Because it's, if, if you have to ask, it's not for you. You're a poor. Fuck off. Go. <laughs> like, that's, that's, their, that's clearly what's happening. They want that money. 
And if you don't have the money, they don't care. They're not interested in people paying $30 for a book or $45 for a book and that being the end of the interaction. If you want to play D&D, it's going to be great. We're going to give you tons of value, but you're going to pay us for it. We want to create value. We want, we want to create worlds and opportunities and, and character options and all this shit, but we want the money. We, we're no longer interested in just selling you the, the base material, right? We're not here to sell you the tree. We're here to sell you the lumber. We're not here, you know, if that makes, does that make some level of sense? They, don't, they only want to do the value added part and get the money. The part that everybody hates. A lot of people do. I like D&D Beyond. I'm spoiled. Oh, like, I've only, I haven't spent that much money, but I've spent some. You so know, D&D it, Beyond? Fine. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with D&D Beyond. I like that I can go... I don't have to buy Xanathars. I can buy all of the subclasses for Xanathars and all of the additional... Yeah. Uh, character creation options, basically. Like, I don't need all of the magic items... I could spend time if I really wanted to and make homebrew copies of every magic item in the book, but it's easier if I could spend $2 for it. Yeah, and exactly. Like, it's just $2. And I like that they prorate the the book if I want to go back and purchase the whole thing later. They prorate it for the sections that I have already purchased out of it. That's actually like really cool. You know what I don't like about D&D Beyond? What else you like? $7 for digital dice. That's fine, but some people Not do. Not fine. They don't. Why is not it not fine? You, you don't have to pay for the dice. The dice are like I've rolled dice on D and D Beyond. I felt like it was like a black pair of dice, right? It rolled. Yeah, they were like just some basic dice. I have some dice. Well, there was a, well, there was, you're pissing with a cosmetic dice. Come on now. What, so, what are we doing? So the problem is, <laughs> you want to give me a dollar, two dollars for cosmetic dice? Sure, maybe. But or cosmetic dice buy or pre-order a book or something like that cool nice little extra like glamour thing but when you start selling just normal dice with some kind of like flair to it when you roll them that nobody else can see mind you at least at current it gets into the situation like you were talking about like i don't want to spend let's say three dollars to generate a character when i've this is my character i don't want to spend three more dollars on that, get out of here. I don't want to. You're going to because it's I'm, so easy on D and D Beyond. Now you just click the button, and but, and then we'll and then then there's Pathfinder over here, or this new orc system they have. Yeah, but now you got to pull the book out with your pencil, and you got to put little like numbers in boxes. Oh God, what is this? What kind of is this the 1800s? Am I going to have to like go out with hardtack and coffee and make my own character sheets? What the fuck? That's they they want to spoil you. It's right. it's it's a double edged sword. <laughs> the functionality is already in D and D Beyond for me to just make as many characters as I want easily and quickly. So they would okay. be taking that functionality away from me and then charging me on a per character basis. But the, I'm not t- maybe there's a disconnect here because you cannot make any character you want on D and D Beyond unless you pay money. You can make like a third level something with one subclass. Like if you're a barbarian, you can be up to level three, and it's got to be the uh, the the ragey anger subclass. That's so, it. You, that's for free. There is there is no like level fifteen barbarian of the fucking totem, whatever. Uh, beyond, me, unless you cough it up. I am under the assumption that somebody in your D and D Beyond group is sharing a bunch of content. I think is part of the disconnect. Oh, that's but that that's then somebody yes, but then someone paid right. They right, want someone to pay, and they want it to be one in X number of people. Not I bought the book one time, and that was the end of that. Right, but if somebody is buying the book to make characters, 
then also charging you to make character two, three, and four. But they are. If if you bought all the content, like if you bought chunks of books, then yes, you're right. But you, then you bought the chunk of the book. Uh, my point is that they're going to have a control over the stream. So yeah, you can you can spend you can buy the book digitally, and then you yourself can make all the characters you want. Okay. By yourself, or if you share it with a small select number of people at any one given time, and they have control over that. If they ever should they ever wish to change it, like Netflix, can change their rules. When you sell a book, that's it. That book is now gone forever from your control. The, you know, they want you to get in the digital sphere. They want to get you hooked on it. They want it to be easy and accessible, and they want people to get used to it and get used to spending money on those microtransactions to where it's cheaper to play Pathfinder. It's cheaper to play the competitor D&D, but you don't want to. They're trying to like, they're trying to build something on top where they can't they you know, like they're not making enough money on that. It's not like fast food restaurants. They don't make money on the burger. They make money on the fries and the drink. Oh, 100%. They, the price that's, of that's a, what they're trying to do. The price of a bag-in-the-box soda syrup container is ridiculously low compared to how much soda you get out of that. Yes, yeah, so that, that's that's my point. They want to sell you soda. Well, I like soda. And they're like, yeah, we want to sell you soda. And then because they want out of the hamburger business. The hamburger but, business is selling $45 books. Do you know what soda is? Yeah, sugar bad, water. Bad for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad for you. So now that now you have the D and D Beyond character generator, right? There's uh, only two parts of a game: creating the character, mm. playing the game. That's that's the, that's most RPG books I've read. Are here's how you make a thing. Here's how here's the rules of the game and how you play. And also here's some lore. You know, and lore is it's it's its own thing, admittedly. But the, the big parts are here's how you play, and here's how you make a character. So there you go. Virtual tabletop, microtransactions. You can make your character. Oh, you you Googled, uh, what you know, dwarf fighter, and you got the same dwarf fighter as everybody else Googled. You got to draw your own or commission a thirty dollar paint portrait. Fuck that. Go to our Hero Lab inspired generator, um, and you can make your character token, and now it's in the tabletop, and with little like movement animations and shit. I one hundred percent expect some form of AI character art program to be set up in there would be like some kind of token oriented to uh, I don't think it's AI that, that, the AI thing is weird I think it's just going to be like a generic like like you know Hero Lab they have generic layouts and then you customize it, it. Cotton means Hero Forge not Hero Lab Hero fuck Hero Lab's a program Hero Forge my apologies Hero Forge uh, yeah Hero Forge some, you know they have like default little token deals and you can fuck with it and change yeah. the weapon or the staff and the and the the stance of the of the of the character. It would not shock me if they bought Hero Forge, by the way, because that's that's what they want. They want you to make a character in a very Hero Forgey way. Wouldn't shock me if they let you buy the files and print it and ship it to you for money. But then you I, can put it in the virtual tabletop, and then you I, get that new sword your GM gave you. Well, well your token has an axe. Not not a sword. So now you need to update your token. So for just two dollars, you can change that around on your little virtual token. I don't see them. If they were to buy Hero Forge, I don't see them giving you the three D printing token like files. I don't see it happening. Maybe 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 not. And I I, I didn't want to get too much in the weeds of like the SVG files because they don't even have their their books. No, and they're not going to. Exactly. <laughs> That's like, and I wonder why. <laughs> Yar, I wonder yeah. why. 
So they're trying to cut down on the access that piracy and PDFs and physical books give. The physical books are going to evolve, I feel, into the same way that like vinyl records are. Like vinyl records used to be a thing that was like real, and now they're just kind of like a toy or a, a kind of a flex, you know, like an art. Like I bet their players' handbooks are going to be fucking gorgeous. Like, and, and they're going to be like seventy goddamn dollars because they're going to make them gorgeous to justify an absurdly crushing price. That if you pay them this shit, the profit will be so big that they're finally losing out all that D&D Beyond access. Between the microtransactions and the data and whatever else, it, they'll, they'll probably make you not even want to use it. It's going to be so fucking beautiful. Here's the kicker. When you buy physical books, they don't give you D&D Beyond codes. Or at least they haven't in any of the times that I've been playing D&D. Which has right. been a few years now. And they're not going to. Why would they? Why would they do that? Because it would be good customer service. Oh Christ! That, <laughs> they don't. They don't give. They're, they're a corporation. They don't care. Right? Yeah. You're that, not that, doing a good fine. job of convincing <laughs> me that this is a good thing. You're talking about the long tail and microtransactions and additional value and convenience fees, which is all stuff. It's it's going to be I a hate. world where they are trying to make themselves so okay. A quick history lesson. One of my favorite topics here. So. 1940s. I, it's 1944. The there, there's some shit happening. We're not gonna get into it. But that shit's about to end, namely World War II. And we need to we need to like fix the uh, the monetary system of the world. Long story short, we have Bretton Woods, and the short version of that is the United States is put at the heart of international finance. That's what and and the result of that is really cool. Like the world the world's great, or it's a lot more stable than it was. But there's a, a a consequence, which is the United States is absurdly powerful and has a very long reach financially. Like when Russia was doing some crazy shit in Ukraine, or they're currently doing that, we could just like lock down money. Like the 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 United States could just lock your money down if you're a different world leader. They can't do that to the United States. That's a one way deal. Uh, it's it's fun having a reserve currency, but. To, to get out of the 1940s and go to now, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to sew themselves into the DNA of the RPG. And they're going to do that by presenting awesome shit. So it's a double-edged sword. On one hand, we're going to have awesome shit. We're going to have all kinds of character options. We're gonna have, they're going to be easy to use. We're going to have a cool virtual tabletop that you can use in person or on the internet. It's going to be the bestest, best thing because they know they have to pry people away from Roll20 and other competitors, right? And you can't win by being 2% better. People won't give up, okay? They won't give up their favorite toy if you're 2% better than the thing they're accustomed to, right? If there's inertia. Oh, I, I hate change so much. Yeah, it's like, like if it comes out, but if they come out and it's like 40 or 50% better, that's going to be a huge deal in terms of getting people to come over and to play D&D, and it would not surprise me if after they develop this VTT, and they have said it's going to be like two years before they get it out. And this is not like state-of-the-arts, like holy shit-level graphics is my understanding, right? It's still going to be like tokens, like tokening, bobbing their movement as opposed to like, you know, holy shit. Because they're trying to, I think, get it right. Even if it takes a long time to pull people in and to make themselves the heart of the game. Oh, this was going to say, it, it would not surprise me if they come out with a new game after that designed to compete with whatever is the second best thing in the RPG space. It's not medieval fantasy, right? Like they are, they're already competing with Pathfinder. That's a thing. 
I wouldn't be surprised to see a cyberpunk Shadowrun game or a hardboiled noir game or a Cthulhu style game, like so- something to branch out because I think they want to be all that is RPG. If if you're spending money on Shadowrun, it's because you haven't played theirs yet. And then, hey, it's right in our virtual tabletop. You're already part of this ecosystem. The last leg of that, this D&D 1, again, it's not a system. D&D 1 is not about half-elves and fucking artlings. It's about a plan to dominate the RPG space by creating awesome products and building a walled garden that requires you to kind of want to be in their little playground and pay to be there. The last leg is the ability for third parties to sell their content on the online marketplace. That's going to be the last, the, the this like third leg or fourth leg of it. You can go on there, you can sell your shit. When the OGL came out, people were freaking out about like, you know, we would own in perpetuity the IP. They're not trying to steal your IP. They don't want to fuck over creators. They want creators to come there to make money. Like I'm a creator. I can make shit for any system. Good for me. I have all this talent or whatever. This this hypothetical version of me, not the actual me. And well, I could go make something for Shadowrun, or I could make it for Pathfinder, or I could just go into this system that has a built-in uh, like highway for me to log in, submit my shit. It's in the store. People pay for it. I get a check sent to me. Man, that's just so much easy. That's so much easier. So now I'm making content for D&D. I'm making them better. I'm making their shit even more awesome for you to be there in this garden. So they, they kind of want to like draw a... You know, make a brick a brick walled square, a little garden, and it's going to be awesome for everybody. And that way, you won't want to leave. It's awesome in the same way that like your work having a cafeteria and a you know ping pong table, and, you know, and uh, a little like resting room is awesome. It's both awesome, but also insidious because they want you to be at fucking work. So that's that's that is the grand vision as I see it of what they're trying to do. I see why D&D, a.k.a. Wizards, a.k.a. Hasbro, wants this. I 100% understand that. How is that good for gaming in the wider scope? For anybody that is not d and uh, Well, I'm mostly cool with that question, except for the last part, because it's not about D&D. It's about RPG, in okay. my opinion. I think this is step one. So if you love cyberpunk shit, this doesn't like if you're a Shadowrun hardcore person, or you just don't like that. If you just don't like medieval high fantasy, mm-hmm. they're not talking to you yet. Like they 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 haven't. You know, they're trying to build this structure, and then I think it will be. Let's come out with that new thing. Um, I kind of have a the, the, the conspiracy part of me feels Spelljammer is that. Like Spelljammer is way outside the normal bounds of what D and D is, and they really pushed it because it's so radically different. Some people like space, you know. So. How is one company having all of this control and influence in gaming good for gaming? Okay, I, I, it's here. Here, I'm not. I'm not personally saying it's great, but it's. I'm not interesting. asking for great. <laughs> I'm asking. Good. How is it? here? Here are the how good is parts. It okay, here is the good part. It's kind of like with Microsoft Windows when they dominate everything. Yeah, that's bad, but. Isn't it convenient how everything works on your computer? Like, isn't it convenient you don't have to actually boot into fucking Linux or into Apple? You just – your shit works. 98% of shit's made for Windows. I have a Windows box here. 
and there's all this shit on Steam, and I can just fucking play it. Because Bill Gates bankrupted several dozen people. If he didn't do that, I would have to have different I would have to have the Linux for my civilization game. I have to boot over into fucking Apple to play World of Warcraft. And I have to go back to fucking Windows to play, I don't know, Minesweeper. Whatever. So it's 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 a pain in the ass to have a giant amount of diversity because every time you want to play a game, you have to learn a new system and you have to go to a different virtual tabletop, possibly. Uh, unless you have Roll20, which is trying to be everything to everyone, which is positive, right? That's very open, but it's a janky system that's never great. So I see Roll20 as basically a place that you can upload images, be they maps, tokens, pictures, whatever, and randomly generate numbers in a range that you choose. You know, you can roll a two-sided dice, you can roll a 600-sided dice, you can roll whatever size you want, and it generates a number. They're, based they're trying to make it a lot more than that, though, and their money comes from people buying like modules to games. Right. They're not but making I'm, money off people like you. Yeah, and that's that's right. I have over 6,000 hours in Roll20, and I have never given them money. Do you see why Hasbro is not interested in this? <laughs> do you see? And, and furthermore, what will happen when you do take your gaming dollar? Like, let's say you, you're someone like me, and you do spend some money online in these things. Because I bought that system for the uh, the Capers game. I bought a Roll20 module for Capers. Okay, so I'm, I'm the guy who does apparently spend money at least once. In the future, I'm going to spend my money at the Hasbro store because the Hasbro store is fucking baller as shit. And I go to Roll20, and I still might use them. I just don't give them any money. So it is negative that they're trying to suck up all of the atmosphere, but it's going to present a it's, – it's, it's the pros and cons of a walled garden. It worked for Apple. You know, you can't sideload shit into an Apple you know, system. Pisses me off. That's why I don't use them. But it, it worked out. If you make your shit open and available and you can bring in third-party people, it's why Windows beat Apple. Windows went third-party. They said, we're going to let anybody make software for us. But it's got to be a Windows program. There you go. Apple yeah. kind of did it with their store. Yeah. If you want to get in our store, you got to be an Apple product. You can't make Apple shit and sell it on fucking, you know, it's, 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 it's the walled garden concept, which is pros and cons. I'm just trying to point out what they're trying to do. I can't really speak too much into the Windows Apple Linux place because I don't know anything really about any of that. But like a similar comparison I suppose I could make would be Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo. Okay, there we go. Doesn't it suck that you can't play your Xbox game on your PlayStation? I mean, is it an exclusive for any reason? Because if it's not an exclusive because it's made usually by a first party, then they probably have a version that is on the yeah, other that, thing. that took years for that to be a thing for a while nintendo was nintendo how about, how about that if you play nintendo you're not playing on shit right that, it's a that's true or whatever the fuck it is system there ain't shit on nintendo that i'm really interested in right now <laughs> okay i guess my analogy fails based on your lack of desire to play nintendo <laughs> but you can understand the concept that it is frustrating for people to not be able to play their game on the other system if it is in fact exclusive for whatever reason Sure, but, if but there, the there's a certain part, simpleness if everything was if if everything was an Xbox game and only Xboxes existed, that problem would go from whatever it is to zero. But it makes so many other problems because now Xbox has all the control. So the the main exclusive specifically for Nintendo stuff are things like 
Zelda, Mario, Kirby, Pokemon, all like that is Wizards making D and you know that is them making their own first party. They're not going to let you use their D and D Beyond virtual tabletop on your Xbox 360's Foundy version or on your PlayStation's Roll Twenty version. Like they they only want you on their thing. Right. But the only way you achieve that is you have to be awesome. Like, you can't just make a walled garden and it be full of shit. Their, their point oh. is they want to have the bestest goddamn walled garden ever. And I don't even think they actually want all of the RPG players. It's just the ones who spend money. For the people who are out there who, for whatever reason, either do not have or do not wish to spend more than, say, $30 in the entirety of their RPG career on any one given RPG, they just don't want them. At the Creator Summit, people were asking about those specs, and they didn't know because it didn't occur to them to care. Or someone said, hey, you know, I'm from India, or I'm of Indian descent, and uh, one of your books, it is 9% of the average annual uh, like median wage of an Indian, right? So like, how are you going to expand into India? And they, were, they didn't know what to say because the answer is, I guess you just don't get to fucking play then. We're no longer interested in you. You need to go play Pathfinder or whatever the fuck else is is a cheaper game. That's how I feel what their position is. They don't want to make it cheaper. Now they might come out with some deal because you know, it's always the money's there, you know? Like that might be a thing they kinda do, but I, I really think what they want is the average player to pay more money. I think they've looked at what the average person is doing and they're saying, here's our customer base. They're just not spending enough money. We need to make products that are so cool they'll want to spend money. And two, we want those products to all reinforce each other and exclude other sources. We want them to spend more money in general and specifically on us. And we want to make that easy and seamless. So there you go. That's that's what's really happening. Um, that's, that's my rant on that. I can go on to some mechanical stuff, some of the future of D&D 1, why I think it is actually D&D 5.5 or D&D 6, despite their bullshit well, design. <laughs> The reason, a bit. the reason they're not calling it D&D 5.5 is because D&D 3.5 birth Pathfinder, and they don't want that. <laughs> you think that's it? I don't know. I, I don't think I, it's just the name. I, I, I do think they have this pipe dream of, of, of going beyond editions, because the, the concept of an edition is very book-based. Like, we re-released the fifth edition of the book. Or the 18th version of Funkin' Wagnall's Encyclopedia, because this is this is the edition as opposed to an internet-based thing, which can evolve and change over time, right? Yeah, I think they're themselves in the foot with that because I am willing that the most of the people that are playing the game statistically is the most current edition of the games. Yeah, their player's guide, their monster manual, their dungeon master's guide, their 10 books, let's say, of uh, additional, like, setting or Xanathars or any of that kind of stuff. Ravenloft and their uh, Dragonlance and their Ape, and they get those out. Then it's time for a new edition. You can sell all those books again. Very little difference is made most times. Yeah. Um... So in a way, giving up on editions feels like you're you're spiting yourself a little bit with this idea that I don't trust them to really be able to do because it turns into like wow rating, right? Ooh, elaborate. So when you get to level 60, 
and you do your raids, you get gear that gives you plus numbers, right? Okay. And then, and then the expansion comes out, and you get gear that gives you plus bigger numbers immediately. Everything you've done previously is irrelevant. So yes. that goes on and on and on, and you're constantly reaching higher and higher for bigger and bigger numbers, and stuff gets silly you know you're doing normal attacks that are like tens of thousands of damage and it's like okay well you gave the guy millions of hit points to counteract tens of thousands of damage it doesn't really matter how much i'm doing if i'm just doing basically the same percentage i i think you've done something um, i it, to, to some extent they're not trying to make power creep happen it's not like D where there's like it has to it has to be power creepy but it will inevitably something will happen that uh, synergizes with something else, and it will be power creepy, right? Like, there's always going to be... Every time you make a new thing, you're either just as powerful or more, right? <laughs> it's, it's why let's magic say, is so weird. Let's say I want to get a a flaming sword plus one as a magic item, right? Okay. And, and I buy... I spend the 99 cents to get that on my character. It's got a cool little graphic that grows with fire or whatever on my little hero forge bought by wizards mini cool well now i'm level 12 oh man i just a loop file a plus word okay well i'll pay 99 cents for the plus two version and you get a plus maybe it's got more fire it's spark it's got more fire on it yeah yeah okay well now that i've got my plus three flaming sword there's no plus four version in the game so they're gonna have to make a plus four version because in two years, if I'm still playing this character, well, I've been having this plus three sword for two years now. Like, I want something better. I I don't think it'll be. That's up to your GM, right? What what weapons you get? It's not gonna be like, well, I bought the plus four sword, so you have to let me fucking have it. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. I I one hundred percent see. Them setting up things that are marketed as a way to like, hey, get the flaming weapons pack. It's got a sword, a axe, a mace, and they're all on fire and got cool things. And your player's like, yo, Cotton, I just bought the flaming weapons pack. Can I change my spear into an axe so I can use my flaming weapons pack? No, you're that's crazy. I'm sorry. I, I stone cold. They're not gonna say. You don't think, you don't think no. they're gonna do it? Let, let me be sure. Let me just be sure I understand. Hey, I bought the plus four sword, so normally... It doesn't even have to have pluses on it. Okay, I bought a sword that does something better than a vanilla sword. Is that what we're saying? No, we're saying that they will 100% market things that are cosmetic to players, and players will go to their GMs and be like, Hey, I bought this. Can I use it? Oh, yeah. Does anyone care if if you swap out your vanilla longsword? Once they start normalizing that idea of players buying things, which is what they want, because they want money from everybody, and GM's giving it to them, it's going to start creeping in there with this kind of power gamey shit. I don't agree with that. If you sell power gamey, it breaks the game, and they know that, and they're not going to break the game. There's just so much more money that's easier to make. It's it's like saying, well, you know what they could do? They could just take all your credit cards and like fraudulently charge. Well, they could, but that's like crazy. Straight up, <laughs> straight up illegal. 
Right. Um, but that's it's also it is illegal, but it's also a bad idea. It's like th there's easier ways to make a shit ton of money than to sell power creep that for some reason GMs are expected to put up with when they already know GMs are the people who buy the shit. That's where they're like, there's a study on that. They were like GMs spend four or five times as much as our players do. They yeah, but, they don't they they care about that shit a lot more than I want to get my fiery sword. They're just gonna sell you the fucking fiery everything, and then when you get a fiery weapon, you get to have a fiery weapon. But they want the money from the players too. Yes, that's the read. It, it, as a player, you will get cool shit, and it will be a thing that you would have otherwise gotten. But now there will be an image sold to you. It's not gonna be like unless we're just not understanding each other. They're not gonna be like. I have more money, so my character is more powerful. That is not going to happen outside I, of just having the options available to you to like have a warlock and have a paladin, so you made a hexadent. Like that's that that that'll be a thing. But it's not going to be like well, I paid ten more dollars, so my fireball hits harder. Fuck no. I do not believe you can, with certainty, say that. I I would bet I, I with certainty can say that because it would ruin the game and nobody would play it. Nobody would play that game if you can just buy a bigger fireball. That would. But there's. <laughs> that'd be the end. There right now, that are playing mobile games where it is 100% paid. And yeah, that's not the same. It's not, dude, dude. Yeah. It's not the same. That's they don't have GMs. Like you play those games and you grind, and that's a MOBA. This is not like and like no GM and no other players are going to be a part of this. They're just going to be like, no. I, just, I do not believe I do not have enough faith in the ecosystem and everything else to to be able to say that that kind of predatory marketing and design will not happen. They okay, well, they just don't need to do that. They're just going to make a ton of money selling you the new cloth armor that you unlocked, or the new uh, bag of holding skin, or the new boots for your character, or some new hair highlights, or a new animal form, or whatever the fuck it is. They're going to sell you the money on that. I want to change my character's eyes to blue. Fine, two dollars. They're not gonna. That, that's where the money is, man. They're gonna make money on that. They're gonna make money on selling third-party shit and cutting in the creators who will get a slice. But they get more content for their game. They're trying to bring everyone who wants to play the game, and they're trying to like put themselves in the center of all of these different pipelines. Does, does 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 that make sense? Like, there's all these wires that make up RPG space, and they're like, we're going to wire every single one of these things through us. And on the positive side for everyone, there's going to be a lot of cool shit that's easier to use. On the downside, it's our fucking party. So anyway, that's my rant on that, and and we'll see if they make bigger fireballs. Well, uh, you, you, know. you poked at a source of bigger fireballs right there with the. Uh, third-party content. In what way? Uh, people will make third-party content that is not balanced at all. Yeah, but again, it's not. It's going to be fine because the GM has to allow it, and it would be universally available should they do so. You don't think there's GMs out there that won't buy and then allow this busted-ass shit? Uh, if they allow it, it'll be universal. I do not think there are GMs out there who are going to let someone be more powerful than other people because of their wallet. And I don't think other players will play with them. I wish I could have your faith in people and the system. I, I just think it would be killing the golden goose. I just think anybody would do it. You, isn't that the literal, like, 
lesson to be learned in the story of the Golden Goose that the Golden Goose gets murdered. Yeah, but I think they I think they wish to not do that. They listen to the story. Don't kill. That's the point of the story is to not do that. Like the point of Hansel and Gretel is not how great ovens are. It's it's like do not do this. It's, I I do I just don't have that faith. I, I to me it's not a faith. It's not a moral argument. I just don't think it would work. I think if they were like you get to play, how would that even be enforced? Like you show up to my game, and even if I don't know you from anybody, it's a random game, and you show up. And you're like, well, I cast Fireball, and it does this much damage. I'm the GM. I'm just going to say, no, it fucking doesn't. And I want to take the monster's health and put it right back to the fuck to where it would be if you only had, like, 8d6s versus 12. You realize like, that stuff already <laughs> happens in Adventure League, right? In what way? Uh, people show up with items that, from, like, other games, asterisks, which may or may not have actually happened. And because it's Adventure League, like, it kind of has to be accepted. Yeah, that well, that's not going to happen because it's, that's Adventures League, and this is going to be online play, and there's going to be a lot of people who just go no, and you're lying about the bullshit. That you, like if you're if you're bullshitting, then I can't prove it to you. I can't prove you're full of shit, right? In a real life tabletop game that you just showed right. the fuck up at. But this is a digital space. If you have this thing, I'm just not going to do it. I can check the validity of anything you say because it's all fucking internet based. I, I feel like we're getting like in a weird space where. It's 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 kind of like you know, in the '80s movie, it's like you know, and the corporations are gonna dump all this into the water supply. I mean, like you know what that 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 sometimes happens, but usually doesn't because they would get shut down and go to jail. <laughs> so, it, it literally happens all the time. Not not all the time. It happens occasionally. It's not like it's it not was, like every single. <laughs> literally, in the last six months, there have been how many train derailments that have dumped all kinds of hazard it all over the yeah, country. Train just catchy. <laughs> uh, maybe it's a bad analogy. Again, I, yeah, I do want to get into some of the mechanical stuff or some of the vibes right, that are actually it. changing. All let's right, do so, it so I can be madder. You can be madder. No, this is good. I, I like these changes. We may just disagree. Okay, it appears Wizards is aware that uh, people exist in this hobby outside the straight white uh, Western male. Uh, <laughs> so... They are like, oh, fuck, we want all this. We want all the, the, the premium money. We want all those dollars. So they are changing some of the shit, cynical or not, that I, I, I like that they're changing. So the, like the monk class. So if you look at the books, the monk class is clearly the Asian class, right? They're clearly Asian. It's called a monk. They fight in a kung fu way. They're not the monks that we have in the Western tradition, okay? They're not like in robes and shit, seeing how peas have genetics, okay? They're only like doing kung fu. And they have ki, a Japanese word. So now that's being changed. They're trying to de-Asianify the monk and just make the monk a generic class. And if you want them to be Asian kung fu, fine. That's on you. But no more ki, now it's spirit points, which I hate how sanitized and anodyne, you know, spirit points. It's just like, oh, Christ. Uh, but fine, I could dig it. What do you it's think of that? literally the same concept, only with a name change. Right, but they, they want it to be, in terms yeah. of the setting and the lore, not to be Asian. So like, if I want to make a monk, I should not immediately think, oh, well, it's an Asian guy, right, who does kung fu. No, it's not. It's I think they're going to make it more of a generic martial arts class, and you put the lore into that character. I think they've been doing that with paladins. To me, paladin is, what, golden knight, very Western religious tradition, the crusader, the zealot. These are the words I think of when I think paladin. But you go to 5th edition, and you've got the one that's all about, like, uh, you know, the Oath of the Ancients. 
very naturey, very uh, uh, gregarious and happy, and not very judgy. Not necessarily this lawful type. Very, very open to new experience. And I'm like, this is not the paladin as I traditionally understand it, but that's why it's a subclass. So fuck it. I'm thinking that's the way they're going to go, is in this more generic direction. And if you want to give them this imparted pseudo lore, you can, but you don't have to. And uh, like, I like the fact that there's a fighter subclass called Samurai. More or less. Uh I, I don't know if I I, I can go the way, but I like how they're trying to branch out. That fighter is not like you know the Western guy with his sword and shield, and paladin is like the holy knight with a cross on it, and uh, and the monk is the Asian guy in the robes with the quarter staff. Like that, they're trying to get away from that shit. And I'm like, okay, cool. What, how mean, do you do? You think it's bullshit, or do you I, think it's not enough? Where, where, where are you at? I feel like the entire monk class should be disassembled and its subclasses piecemealed out to the other marshals. Fine, I think that solves it too. But they, but this is that this is a problem with the Indian about in the past. They have too many sacred cows. They can't. They oh can't my god! Kill it off. They, 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 they may know. I, I feel that way about the ranger. I think the uh, ranger is just just a shitty thing that should no longer be there. The ranger should be, out. should be disassembled into druid, fighter, and rogue subclasses. Yep. Oh my god, we're getting along. I, I fucking. I'm just quick rant. I hate fucking druids. Stop making them tree wizards. I want to turn to a bear and it'd be good. But because they have to be effective tree wizards, it's always shitty. <laughs> so just stop making that shitty. Let me be a goddamn bear. <laughs> you, you know what you could do to make them not tree wizards? Ignore, ignore the ranger conversation we just had. Make druids a selection of cleric subclasses that can use their channel divinity to shapeshift. But, um, oh, God. We're solving problems, y'all. Uh... <laughs> Uh, that's one thing they are trying to move away from. It. And if you feel it's a bit ham-handed or could be done differently, at least they're trying. And I do think the monk being super asian is like mm, kind of cringe. Uh, I also like the changes to races. Now, this is not Ardlings, okay? We're just going to like not... We're just not going to uh, agree they, on that. They were dumb anyway. They're dumb. This is not worth They So they're getting rid of all the half-stuff, half which immediately has just a, a benefit. We've got rid of half-elves. They're, they're fucking done, y'all. We did it. We won. But they're not. Half, half elves are out, and uh, no, they are. And pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. We haven't. I'll take it. So the new rules are for at least at least as of now, the tentative rules are you just have your race. There's just all these races, and if you're a half anything, you can be half whatever the fuck you want. But when they mean whatever you want, like they say this, and you read what it means, and you realize what they mean is, you can be whatever you want as long as it's not a half anything, which you, you can pretend to be. So if you're if you're a half human, half elf, half human, half, you can be half whatever. That's cool. The result is you pick one of the two races, and then that's basically your race. But the appearances are whatever you want, which is duh. Of, of course they are. I, I can, of course, I'm in command of my non-mechanical features like ear length or whatever the fuck. That's that's fine. And then you take the age, add them together, and divide by two. So the only real the, the, the half elf is either a human or an elf with a lifespan in between the two, and they look however the fuck you want between those two features. And that and then and they and they called it solved. So they got rid of half everything by just you, you have to choose one. What do you think? I would be happier if they got rid of biology-based traits and instead made the background system in step character creation aspect. 
where it's like this was your let's call them your childhood years this is zero to 12 and dependent upon what your upbringing was during that time you can choose from this list of different mechanical influences well they're making you halfway and then here's your 13 to whatever and and do another list you can choose from and then final which gives you another list that you can choose from so if you were a human that grew up being raised by dwarves underground you would have had have adapted and could have dark vision they are kind of doing that not well how do i put this uh they are doing a they're, they're making background more important so like race now no longer gives you the plus twos and the minus twos and the plus ones and the minus ones, which I really appreciate because I really do sometimes want to play an orc wizard and not just be fucking crushed, right? I'm over here at minus two and these fuckers are at plus two. That's not nothing. That's that's pretty big. It's a pretty big deal. So now it's the it's five percent per number, isn't it? Well, going from a number where you get a bonus of like going from plus one to plus two is five percent. All right, so it'd be 10% because they're at plus two and I'm at minus two. I, I see what you mean. But so you not, could just, like, the, the racial negatives to attributes is dumb. Yes. They're, so they're, kind of, they're kind of saying your background now determines what you are. So your race, it still has some benefits. You know, if you're a human, you get, like, some inspiration shit and you get another feat, which is awesome. And I can appreciate if you're a, uh, where's the orc at? Let's see what they get. One of the con- oh here are elves. They're one of the controversial things, right? Because they killed off the half elves. You get to be let's see, you have a long lifespan. They get dark vision, elven lineage, which is like some some spells or some shit based on whatever like under dark or drow, high elf, whatever, whatever the fuck it is. You get like two spells at one at third, one at fifth for each of the the types of elves. Fey ancestry, which is just like a type thing, and then proficiency and perception, and then the, the traditional trance thing. But that's all cool, but that's all utility and could be conceivably useful for any class. So now you can be an elvish paladin and it'd be fine. And fairy fire is still good for you. Or the fact that you can't be put to sleep is still like kind of good. It's not it's not hammering you so hard. Because what's cool about race and class is you have these two wheels that give you immediately you know, it doubles your options, right? You have these you have these two things you can line up. But then they reduce that by making it very difficult to play sort of like off-brand combinations, and they're getting rid of it. And making it the back, and bringing in the third wheel of background, which will now be a, a bigger and important deal, but maintains that first thing with all this utility. I, that, I love that. I think Ray should absolutely have a bunch of utility-based things. Your class comes in, they complement each other, however, and, and they should all be complementing each other in one way or another. And then you have background to bring in even more cool shit and also maybe kind of sort of lock you into some pluses and minuses. It doesn't have the three tiered process. I don't think they should lock you in the pluses and minuses. So, so those should be, I mean, you put them in background, you just split background in three. That's what I thought you did, uh, right? I, as far as traits like dark vision, the, uh, the ancestry-based spells that you may get, that kind of stuff, sure. But the plus two, plus one, shouldn't be. It should just be choose plus two and plus one to whatever attribute you want. I think they do make that a rule. Actually, you can come up with a generic background where you get to choose. It's like a minus two to x and a minus one to y, or plus two to x and minus one to y, or plus one plus one minus one. 
Uh, I don't remember what it was, but I remember for basically all of the D&D that I've run, ignore whatever your race says your attribute bonuses are. You can put plus two on whatever you want. You can put plus one on whatever you want. And do you know what it broke? What? Nothing? <laughs> here, here, I found it. I found it. Build your own background. When you determine your character's ability scores, choose two of them. Increase one by two and one by one. Or choose three ability scores and give them all plus one. Then choose two skills. Your character gains proficiency. Choose a tool. You get proficiency. Choose a language. You know it. Boom. Uh, feet. Choose a first level feat. You gain that feat. In equipment, you get 50 gold pieces depending on what you want. They made all of the backgrounds based on those rules. So they, they called them shit, but it's not really a lock, is it? Huh? Uh, it should just be the default rules, not like the optional build-your-own character rules. It's listed first. It, it's, not, it's not even listed as optional. Like, like they, they don't even call them backgrounds uh, the, anymore. Act, hold on. Acolyte is no longer called a background. It's a sample. The, the main rule is you build your own. This is them showing you this is like what you can make and what it looks like as a template. And they have fit common backgrounds within that template. But the main rule is you just build up your own fucking thing. Um, I was going with the what it was without it being in the playtest. Because I, again, oh. have paid zero play attention to the playtest. But well, there you go. I think you should like that then. From now, now the pluses and minuses are totally at your command, and the default rule is make some shit up. Slap plus two on something and plus one on something, or plus one on three things. Choose some skills. Choose a tool. Choose a language. Choose fifty gold. And then they just use those rules to come up with some sample ones that you can slap on that seem more or less traditional. But you are in no way locked in. You can make whatever the fuck you want. You can have your elvish paladin with a background that you make the fuck up, or you could take one of the sample ones and just put a spin on it because the rules are standardized. If I choose Acolyte with plus two wisdom and plus one int, and it has insight and religion and calligrapher supplies and celestial language and magic initiative feats, I can change. I can take any one of those things and change it in a way that doesn't break the game because the rules that made it are clear. I can change that plus one int to plus two or to, or to plus one strength or some shit. And, and it doesn't break. It doesn't even break. I, I can just call it Acolyte plus. You know? <laughs> uh, so Leal says here in the chat that he says he disagrees. He thinks that the changes they have made basically make race or species, whichever word you prefer, into basically cosmetic flavoring. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. They're not cosmetic. Like, it's cool to have fairy fire. That's a real thing. Orcs get powerful build. You count as one size larger when you're carrying things. They're making it utility. It's not just flavor. It's a utility that's designed to fit with at least most types of builds. So um, here's an example. Okay, orc trait, adrenaline rush. You can take the dash action as a bonus action. That's a very common thing in the 5th edition. When you do so, you gain a number of temporary hit points equal to your proficiency bonus. You can use this a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. And you, you regain expended uses when you finish a long rest. Well, now the aggressive version is obvious, right? I'm an orc barbarian. I dash the fuck in or from enemy to enemy and I beat the shit out of them. But what if you're an orc wizard? Well, you use it to run the fuck away. You just, you just adrenaline rush the fuck away. It's a different type of adrenaline. Fear. Uh, if you're it's an orc, pretty good. Uh, a fighter who's uh, who's like bow base, right, or crossbow. You have, you, you're like crossbowing it up. You use that to get a position of high ground, or to uh, to get an ex if you're playing like flanking rules to get over there. So like speed is obviously a general utility. It's not like you get plus two damage to great axes. That's clearly a lock. Okay. 
This is utility. You get dark vision. Utility. Powerful build. You count as one size larger when determining carrying capacity and the weight you can push, drag, or lift. That's a little bit strengthy based in terms of it having a synergy, but that's one of three things. And maybe you're a wizard who just wants to carry a lot of shit. Maybe you just really like you took that minus two to fucking strength or some shit at some point in your build, or you fucked around and found out and you have a weaker strength and now you can still carry all your fucking wizard shit. You know, it it's uh it's not nothing. I put it that way. It's not, it's not as locked as it used to be, and it's not nothing. Halfling traits, they get uh, advantage on saving throws that you make to avoid uh, or to end the frightened condition. Okay, being frightened sucks if you're a paladin or the wizard. Uh, you can move through spaces of any size larger than yours. Again, mobility. I'm not surprised a lot of these things are defensive because everybody gets attacked, or mobility. Everybody wants to be able to move. Here's one for luck. When you roll a one on a d20, you just re-roll it and take it, uh, take the higher one, or take the, take the new roll. Uh, naturally stealthy. You have proficiency in the stealth skill. Kind of good for everybody. You can say it's better for rogues, but it's also good for the paladin who doesn't want to fucking trip every alarm <laughs> in the facility. Um, so I, I do like that. I'd like to see what Lil thought about that or what you think about it. I think that a lot of those things could be taken off of being a halfling or being an orc and just made generically available to to whatever species you wish to be. Fine. If you want to... I, I would say the fact <laughs> that mechanically related is kind of fine. Like, if you just wanted to call it, you know... <laughs> messed up human and call it orc. I can fucking see sound and I'm adrenaline as fuck. All right. I mean, <laughs> and I can carry lots of heavy shit because I'm too fucking messed around. I mean, okay. Uh, exactly. <laughs> you do like, you, buddy. So the the most recent fantasy game that I finished playing was Icon. Uh, we've wrapped like a 18 month campaign or something like that. We went from one to level 12. We uh did some absolutely wild and crazy shit and I would be happy to talk about some of the ways that that game is changing uh, in particular fantasy based games at some point in the future um, yeah. they have four species basically of what they call kin because they are there are two very distinct things there are kin which are people they have desires they have hopes, dreams, etc. They are people. There are monsters. And everything that is not kin is a monster. And monsters are more savage, more primal. They are, you know, the wolves attacking. They are dragons. They are the undead. They are those kinds of things. And the game specifically sets it up so that within the assumptions that you make when playing the game, that by deep kin enemies will... Uh, they won't fight to the death. They will make strategic choices. They will attempt to run away from combat, and combat for them is, by default, non-lethal. You have to make the explicit choice to murder, as opposed to versus monsters, who are more of like your fight to the death kind of things. That out of the way, there are the Thryn, which are basically elves. They are your pointy-eared, somewhat mystical in flavor characters. There are the which are your particular flavor of furry. There mm. are the Zixo, which are insects and crab crustacean like people. 
And then there are the Trogs, which are your basically your giant kin. Um, whichever of those you choose has zero gameplay mechanics. However, they all have some flavor associated with them. For example, the Zixo, their lifespan is shorter than the average of like everybody else by nearly half. But as part of their biology, they all have perfect memories. And to them, it's a question of like, well, what's been living so long if you don't remember all of it? And if you bring up aspects of your uh, your kin type in the role play, you get experience at the end of session. So the Zixo being crab people with this perfect memory, if that comes up in game, you get experience. If the fact that they can hold their breath underwater for an hour comes up, okay, this you it, mark it, that. It sounds like a, a fundamental thing where you just don't want race to have a mechanical matter, and I would say most most D and D players do. They 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 still have some tie to that. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Tolkien vibe of I want to be the elf or I want to be the dwarf. And and, and D&D is trying to kind of like bridge the divide because Tolkien, beloved though he may be, had some uh, opinions on uh, on race <laughs> and their inherent aspects, you know? Uh, and so hence we got shit like dwarves and, and orcs who were inherently evil. They're, trying to, they're, they're, they're clearly moving away from that. But I still think most players want it to mean something. Yeah, um, it, it does. Yeah, Leo said that's pretty good. Mouth, like, yeah, he was he was a man of his time. He was a man of his time. <laughs> he was he was a crusty old white motherfucker of the British Empire. He had he had some thoughts. Okay, so. and it does mean something in Icon. You get XP, and when you have, I believe it's fifteen XP to go up a level. Getting an extra one every session from bringing up these. Uh, traits based on the kin, the kin type that you chose can get you up and levels pretty quickly. And another thing Icon does that I love is it's sure an XP to level up, but at 5 and 10 XP, you get a minor benefit. Okay, well, the, the XP of that system, while well, interesting, is <laughs> not, not the topic of the thing. I, I, oh, I appreciate I you just... like this game. I appreciate this. I'm I just... do think most people want race to have some mechanical thing. I like the changes they're making where they're making them have differences, but that they're utility-based to allow them to fit into any class and background. Sure, but if they fit any class and background, why can't they fit any race? You you, you, you can, in theory, do that. It's just because people are different. Like, orcs are still fucking big. Like, that's kind of their vibe. It's that they're, they're a little bit more power. They literally have powerful build. They're fucking filled out. And I would say, and if you want to be a half, I mean, it just, I don't know. I guess, I guess you have a fair point that otherwise it wouldn't matter, so we don't get to have that wheel to play with. I guess you could just say they're body types, and and it is hard to explain why body type one can see in the dark, is stacked as fuck, and occasionally gets adrenaline. Well, uh, that's, the, you know? that's something that, like, in that three background system I mentioned, body type could be one of them, and you could just have a uh, a small type, a medium type, and a large type, and, like, that large type could have the option to take, the, the medium and large could take powerful build, as an option, and the small type could take the half playing movies, uh, space trait, and then I get it. I get it. I, I I totally get it. Although luck is harder to put into a body type, right? Well, luck <laughs> luck is a 
is not a mechanic that I like in the way that it is represented there because it's not in other games with reroll mechanics it is a meta currency like in Vampire there's willpower that lets you reroll dice in Savage Worlds there's bennies that you have a pool of that lets you just reroll etc luck is like any time you roll a one I guess I just don't want to tell you but I feel like the vast majority of people who would give these people money to play this game would not agree with you is that fair? (laughs) <laughs> they can be wrong, and that's fine. Okay, well, they would like to get their wrong dollars. There's that. Um, they're also coming out with Weapon Mastery, a thing I love and have wanted for so long. Uh, if you're a, if you are proficient with a weapon in the, in the 1, 5, 5.5, 6, whatever the fuck this is, it has different effects. Like, daggers may crit or have a bleed effect. And uh, like hammers and mauls may knock people down or back. I love this. I want sh- more shit for melee people to do. I want weapon selection to matter more than what D you know what D twelve or D ten or D eight it is. I think that's a cool thing to do to give weapons their own little deal. And I think that fi- they're, they're exploring the idea. This was just this was just mentioned. This isn't on paper. That fighters would be able to put different aspects of weapons they're proficient with onto each other. So you might be able to use your longsword to both, I don't know, parry and also knock people down. Right? I, I mean, I am pro dismantling the Battlemaster subclass and moving that all onto the base fighter kit. Cool. Hey, 100%. I, I we real on that for shit immediately. And if they want to do it through weapon mastery, cool. And again, if you want to play a simple fighter, just slap a fucking you know, great sword in that motherfucker's hand, I'm sure it'll be fine. I am really anti-sword, also. It's just... I'm neutral. I'm fine with swords. There's too many long swords, I admit. It, they are way too popular in media as, like, the thing, when many other weapon types were also very prominent in use, and granted, they all had different uses. Like, you're gonna use a Warhammer to smash the fuck out of some dudes in armor. Because yes. it doesn't matter if, you know, I can't really slash against you with this sword, but when I cave in your breastplate so that you can now no longer breathe because there's literally metal crushing into your broken ribs that are in your lungs, like, I don't need to pierce your armor. Yeah, if we're getting into the medieval aspects of it, though, that's what the sword was. The sword was not a, a, a slicing weapon. It was designed to cave in armor on a very narrow band of metal. Like they yeah. weren't like cutting sharp. It was it was just a better thing. Like malls suck. I'm sorry. No one used malls outside. Of, it, it was not popular. I'm sure like a few people tried to make it work, or they were just big as fuck. But mostly, if you can take a sword and swing it really hard at someone's breastplate, that's how you cave that shit in. Um, you know, as opposed so, to like a war mall. I but don't that's, know that's how outside much. The Go ahead. I don't know how much I like the idea of the Weapon Master stuff because it feels like it could be one more thing to track. Like, if you are... If you make me bleed, the thing that I think that that does is mechanical damage over time on me, and uh, I take damage every round, and that's just one more thing to track. Granted, that, that may not be how it's implemented, but, like... You know what's really dangerous at low levels? but not at, like, level 5 plus. Crit? Poison. Oh. There are so many low-level creatures that are, like, pass a con save or take even more damage from poison. But once you get past, like, level 5, so many enemy types are resistant or immune to poison. So I easily see that turning into poison and bleed. 
because I think it will be bleed, not poison, because poison seems too narrow and also too easily resisted. I think it'll be bleed, and yes, it'll be one more thing to keep up with. But so what? So is Battlemaster. It's some people want complex shit. If you don't want complex shit, don't carry a fucking bleed weapon. Just take out your goddamn war maul and do extra damage, or your sword and do extra damage. I bet the sword will be the mechanically simple one. It'll probably be like add an extra, you know. Damage die to it or something. I, th- I think actually, I think that's what it is. I think I think the uh, the thing that was floated was that if you're a one of these weapon mastery proficients or whatever, you use swords at one die higher. Like you just swing them harder. Like you're just so better. Like the sword is just the elite weapon of just you know knocking the fuck out of people and putting the damage into the into the target, as opposed so to like knocking them down. The D10. Yeah, like your D it's like versatile. Like your D8, like your long sword becomes D10. And it's just straight damage, right? You're getting you're getting some extra damage, but you give up. You but you give up that bleed effect, or you give up maybe an extended crit range, or you give up that knockdown. And so now you have fighters who are doing the whole like, you know, fucking ki- you know the the Casey from Ninja Turtles, which is good, right? I want my fighter to come in there with like a war maul, war pick, a fucking sword, some chains, a goddamn crossbow, <laughs> just ready for whatever the fuck somebody wants to do today. Got the Swiss Army knife or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel they're slicing and dicing and shit, and then these skeletons come out and they're like, "Well, it's fucking war mall time," you know, <laughs> time to get to work. And it can be really fun with monsters that are different in in what they what they affect and what they need. It's like you you want that bludgeoning weapon against the undead, and but maybe you missed the bleed effect from that big guy who you can't knock down any goddamn way. So you have to choose what you want to do. Interesting decision. Uh. They also are changing up monsters, by the way. They are aware that, of what you said to me, which is that the uh, challenge rating rules are bullshit. High-level monsters are too easy, and so they're just going to be reconfiguring all of that. So that's coming to the pipeline. Uh, I, I don't have a whole lot else to say. I don't well, think I trust them to do that in an interesting way. Well, the first part of a problem is recognizing you have a problem. Sure. So there's that. What To, to wrap some things up, I the, or, or one last thing I guess for up is they're trying to grandfather in specifically Tasha's and Xanathar's with the new player's handbooks. Like there's all this shit, and they're saying it's a hundred percent backwards compatible. This is where I get a little weird and lost. Okay, this is where I'm I'm not understanding what they mean because now we have new background rules, we have new character creation rules, we're going to be getting class updates. Like they're going to specifically look, I think, at the hexagon. And a few other things. I, for one, don't think you need to fix too much shit in terms of going back to fix it. I'm kind of okay with it being GMs who just say, no, you can't do that. Like, no, just do not do not bring that to my table. I do not wish to have you play today. I think that's a fine thing for RPGs to do. But whatever, they're going to go back and fix stuff. But then what does that do when, like, sure. humans in this build, is this, like, humans 2023, 24, who have these these extra things like there's going to be human human variant and then human 2023 or human 2024 whatever it is right and and they're all backwards compatible but they're all going to be different things so that's a little confusing yeah i, I don't get how they're going to do to, to and as the, as the game grows right it's just going to get more and more bloated over time if they're like we're not doing additions anymore like when fourth edition comes out or fifth edition comes out, there's an understanding that all this shit's gone. It's just not applicable. I don't see how that happens in this unless 
that come up with that Adventurer's League rule. And I want to ask if you think this will fix it, where you're allowed the core plus one splat book. They might do core plus one or core plus two or some shit because the game would just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? I mean, that's basically Magic the Gathering and how they do, like, standard and limited and all of the different play formats. Right, which I think might not be bad. <laughs> maybe maybe you get, like... Um, oh, there's one. So, so just so people know, in Magic the Gathering, uh, they'll have a set of cards. Like, here's, here's the new cards that come out, right? And they're going to come out with this one and that one and then one more. And that's what's uh, what that's what's legal in the standard version of the game, and then shit drops off the tail end. It'll be like one, two, three, four, five, six, and then one, two, and three fall out, and then they'll add another like four, five, and six or whatever the fuck. So shit falls out and comes on to keep the game fresh. I could see them doing that with splat books, or, or I could see them giving it a rating. Like, okay, in hindsight, the shit we made in Xanathar's was kind of fucking broken. So that's going to be an A-tier book. You're allowed one A-tier book and one B-tier or lower book, right? <laughs> you, know, then, you don't get to go find all the A's. You're shooting yourself in the foot then because nobody's going to buy the B and C-tier books. Well, people still like, buy the B and C. Well, they have to come out, though. People like No one buys... Like, I guess Shadows over Innistrad or whatever the fuck, or like the like you know, no one's buying the magic cards from like two years ago, right? Because because why are they not buying them? Because you can't play them as standard in the shitty. There it is. Yeah, but they still make. But they're buying the new shit. We want you to buy the new shit. <laughs> exactly. They don't care about the stuff that came before. Therefore, they already made for, the money. Why for, would they? <laughs> exactly. And it's going to be the same thing here. Like it's, it's glorious. <laughs> literally going to be the same thing here. This is going back to remember when I was talking about my flaming sword plus one. This is what's going to happen. So, like the in general, the weapon master seems eh. Like you're it's not, weapon mastery. It's not like a class. It's just a thing that happens. Right. Whatever. You know what I meant. Yeah. It's not. So, so talking about the the sword one, which is the one that you mentioned as like a as a thing that was being floated. Like, your overall damage doesn't increase that much. Right. I, I may have been wrong, but just the concept. Let's just talk about it conceptually. Do you like, or do you think that it is cool that if you pick up a sword and you're proficient with swords, which is pretty much every goddamn body who's going to pick up a sword, it Another does something slightly different than somebody who picks, than, than the axe, right? I, I'm okay in theory with it depending upon the tax, the effects, and the mechanics. Let me break that down a little bit more. They've already put out Weapon Master effects into the game with feats. There's like the Piercer feat and the Slasher feats that you can take, I believe they usually give uh, half of an ASI and give you some effect that is similar to Great Weapon Master, where it's like, when you, like if you have Piercer and you're using a Piercing Weapon, when you hit and do damage with a thing, you can re-roll a 1 on one of your damage dice to try and get a better damage result. Yeah, it's trash. Right? There those, you go. Yeah, those, it, those, those are bad. It's <laughs> Exactly. So they have a tax associated with them because it takes you a feat. 
So it depends upon what the tax for these things are and how available they are. I think it's, it's just a default increase. I think it's just like throwing the old marshal some love. We'll we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to. So it depends. Is it your verdict? If, if the mechanics happen, if it's a thing where I have to roll and then they have to pass a saving throw based on some difficulty thing, I don't want an extra roll. That sounds annoying. I don't think it would be. Uh, maybe, maybe the bleed one could be, but we'll see. Anyway, uh, there there is that. There's also some changes to spells from their own playtest info, is my understanding. They, so they, they tried to make spell lists of arcane, primal, and divine, right? And this was going to be like the universal spell list to make some shit more simple. And it turns out that they they were aware of what we were all aware of, that that's just not going to fucking work. But they're keeping it as an organizational change. So what's going to happen is, and it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a nice upkeep, I think. So there's going to be a list like the Arcane List. If you're a sorcerer or you're a wizard, you have the Arcane List. And then you just have Sorcerer and Wizard spells. So instead of it just being a wizard list and a sorcerer list with like 80% overlap, there's the arcane list, and the other 20% is just moved to your class text. It's really more of an editing or organizational change as opposed to anything real. It's still clearly a, a wizard list and a sorcerer list. They're just typing it differently. But I think it's a little bit more efficient and a little less bloated to print. So, so there you go. Run into them of selling more spells down the line. What's that a problem? Because it's going to be that that bloat kind of stuff. Like, why would I buy this this ice ball when I already have all? Well, you see sorcery points and unless, of course, <laughs> unless of course the uh, the ice ball does. 8d6 damage as opposed to 66 damage. I don't, don't, I mean, to some extent that happens now. Uh, my mom was making an artificer, and so mm-hmm. she was wanting to like. There's like they have the ability to replicate magic items, and so I think she was trying to find a alchemy jug, and she couldn't find it on her little drop down list. And I was surprised, and I'm like, ah, do you know why? The alchemy jug is in the dungeon master's guide, so. I didn't have the Dungeon Master's Guide purchased. So her character could not have the Alchemy Jug on D&D Beyond. I had to, like, handwrite it on the sheet, you know, as opposed to the Player's Handbook, which I had bought. So I I am kind of picking up what you're putting down. I do not think it will be so ham-fisted as to be buy the new shit and you're going to get Snowball, which is Fireball, but more damage-y. I I don't think they'll be that ham-fisted about it. I, I don't think they'll need to be like again this only works if their shit is so good people want it like that's that's the point the point is not how do we sell people shit it's we want to make a better product than what all these rpgs have been before so we can justify asking people for more money you know it's 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 a value added proposition yeah yeah i don't like it. you're you're really not selling me I don't know. It's kind of okay. Put it this way: Imagine you get a farmer and they have some corn, uh-huh. and then like everybody's got corn, and corn's like one cent per fucking ear of corn. And they're okay. like, "Wait a minute! If I make popcorn and sprinkle a little butter on it, 
I'm putting in a little bit more effort and a little bit of butter, and I can charge three times as much, and people are happy to pay it because popcorn is delicious and just corn sucks. You're That's... you're gonna hate my response to this. <laughs> well, I... you're, I'm allergic to popcorn. What? I don't like popcorn. <laughs> okay, the point. What, what is what is the thing that you like? Name the thing that you like. I doubt you eat. What you see? Fucking carrots, turnips all goddamn day. Uh, the grocery aisles, all you need. No chef priority like, for this guy. Uh, there's like eight cans of chef priority sitting in my pantry right now. Okay. <laughs> you know what you didn't buy? Fucking wheat. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it's made of. You didn't go out and buy, like, I guarantee you if you'd gone out and bought, like, wheat or even just fucking bread and noodles and ground beef and some tomatoes to make a sauce with, you would have come out much cheaper per pound of Chef Boyardee. But Chef Boyardee made something this tasty and easy. And it's easy for them to make it. They make a killing off that shit compared to just selling the raw materials. That's what they want to be. They want to take the raw materials, which aren't worth very much, the $30 book you buy once, and they want to make Chef Boyardee, which is tasty and 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 convenient and available. And they want to make you, uh, and they want to bring that shit. Everyone's like, oh, fucking wheat. This is in beef. This is trash. Chef Boyardee is great. They're trying to invent Chef Boyardee. They're trying to invent the easy, delicious, convenient thing that you'll pay a lot more for per ounce. You know, they, they, somebody asked them, are you going to use AI art? You know, because AI art's bad. And they're like, fuck no, we're not going to use AI art. We, we're for the players. And for the artist, no, they do not. Uh, they're not against AI art because they're for the people. They're against AI art because it's easy, and it's they they don't. It's easier for someone else to do, not them. They have money. They have artists on retainer. The last thing they want is some two dollar asshole coming out and making excellent art when that's a thing that they use to gate. That that's part of the brick in the wall of their garden. Of course, they're anti AI art. <laughs> they have they have the artist. They're fine. Part of the reason you can't make a competitor to Magic the Gathering, part of the reason is the average tabletop card game maker doesn't have a fucking army of artists to pump out fantasy art. That is true. And it's one of those things that's like, once you get in for Magic art, like, kind of hard to, uh, to turn down that that uh, consistent paycheck. Yeah, and and they churn that shit out. The last thing they want is every Tom, Dick, and Harry making AI art to compete with their shit. Like that's a gatekeep. If you want to make, if you have the perfect Magic the Gathering killer, you can't make it. Do you know why? Art. I'm in the tabletop game design subreddit, and the biggest hurdle people face is art. There's lots of people there who fuck around with mechanics, and they like to talk about their mechanics and their ideas. But the one, like the 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 big hard block is. Oh my god, art's expensive. <laughs> Apparently custom-made art is like thousands of dollars. And they're all about this AI art because it lets them finally make something that's like passable, if not good, to, to, to slap on the box of their shit. That's not what, what Hasbro wants. Hasbro does not want you to be able to come up with something that looks halfway decent that you can pump out and say, here's my competitor to your shit. And it doesn't, and, and it doesn't look like hot, amateurish garbage from 25 feet away. So, yeah, they're, they're, you might as well ask them, like, do you want a meteor made of <laughs> made of D20s to come to Earth? Fuck no, we're making too much money selling D20s. We don't want free D20s. Go out there and scoop them up. 
Maybe, maybe Meteor D20 is not the best analogy, but there you go. And we, we've been on this topic for a minute, so. I just, uh, I wanted to rant about this because I want people to see it happen and to be aware of, like, if you want to fight against it, just be aware of what they're trying to do. It's, I just don't see it as a good thing for gaming as a whole. It may not be. I'll be honest. I am, I'm more impressed. Like, they, they have a vision that's several years. Like, they're, they're, like there's a plan. Like, make D&D 1 less cringy and offensive. Fix some of the problems. Build a virtual tabletop. Get D&D Beyond integrated. Like, they're getting rid of D&D.Wizards because people don't go there. They go to D&D Beyond. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, exa- thank you. Exactly. Like, they, <laughs> like no one goes here, so we're just going to, like, not use it. So D&D Beyond is them now. And, yeah, they're trying to build this whole integrated space that no one, I feel, has tried to build. No one has tried to build. It's, it's what they tried to do with the OGL, which is the most generous gaming license in all of RPGs by far. Because the idea behind it, which was ingenious, was we're going to get people to make the content for us. We don't make money selling content. You know, It's too much work to write modules and to sell them. But they help make the game bigger, which sells the game. So it's kind of a thing we have to pay for. <laughs> and there's all these people who just make it for free out of the passion of, of whatever. And they get nothing. And they're like, huh. We're going to let you do that. <laughs> you can make your own shit and professionally print it. And you can sell it and get money. And we get nothing except we, we get to embiggen ourselves a little bit. We, we just get a little bit more popular. You know, our ecosphere gets a little bigger. We, we, we suck up a little bit more oxygen in the room because of this. And that was a cool thing until Paizo happened. And that's, that's what the OGL was. The OGL, people freaked out about the OGL 2.0. It was not aimed at them at all. It was like, you know, imagine the United States makes some new supersonic missile and, like, fucking Eritrea is freaking out. Like, motherfucker, this ain't for you. It's for the Russians. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's, you're fine. It's because Paizo happened. We wanted to make ourselves bigger, not give a multi-million dollar boost to our competition of people who used to work here. And yet, but, what happened? Yeah, they did. And they're like, fuck. <laughs> they, they tried to go back on that, and then like everyone freaked out. They would have been a lot better off if they had just like... They're, they're in a tight spot. On that one. Oh no, what a nightmare. I feel like you don't love capitalism, Babs. I feel like you've... <laughs> I mean, so like... <laughs> it's almost like a lot of the problems with today's modern society is caused by capitalism. It's possible. It, it's not possible, <laughs> it is factual. It's ethnic. So like, forgive me for not being like, woo, capitalism! You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I for one, am like super... Here's why I'm stoked, because... Like, I'm not, like, rich, but I got a couple of nickels to rub together, and I would like a cool virtual tabletop that I could draw up cool dungeons in, instead of having to Google, like, every goddamn map I want. Like, huh, underground fighting ring D&D map? It's her? Okay. Oh, let me put this out there, then. There are people out there who run through Patreon or other, uh, not necessarily subscription services, but other third-party services like that. They will sell maps. There's yeah. A, there's a couple of you know those monthly boxes where they send you random shit every month. Yeah. There's boxes of those for tabletop RPGs. 
We'll, we'll say. Make, I want to make my own maps. Like I'm, I'm about to get. I'm thinking about. You just complained. Draft, about, you, know? you just complained about having to Google D and T maps for underground fighting rings, and you're like, I want to make my own. Like, well, you yes. can. There are I want, I want a specific. Pro- I want a specific thing, and like, yeah, the random pack may not have the thing that I want, but like, I could make it in dungeon draft. And you know what's better than dungeon draft? A dungeon draft that works seamlessly with my virtual tabletop and tokens that my players can create. Or that I can create baddies with. They can create their characters. I can create a NPC of some kind. I can have terrain and buildings that like halfway crumble and like the door opens and it automatically handles line of sight. I'm using the jankiest fucking program now to do that with. Um, I, I I've seen some things and I'm like I would like these tools. I love D and D Beyond. I love the little ecosphere. I love that I have my game hosted on the internet and they submit their character sheets and I can read all of and read and edit those character sheets and we can add items and new abilities uh, quite easily to those sheets. I, it, it really has spoiled me. Like, you know, we're working on our Savage Worlds Deadlands game and I did get really into it, but man, this is the first time I have been excited about a character gen system in a long time i am i have found myself to have been so spoiled on D beyond that having to sit down and hack shit out is just like oh <laughs> oh god this is what we used to do yeah uh, i'm just rolling rolling that around in my head that like the novelty of savage world's uh, situation is what's like turning you it is was well, that it's it's that I'm making a character that like oh oh I can make a steampunk mad scientist with a gun arm. All right, I'll I'll put up with some bullshit for that. Well, I'm glad that you'll put up with some bullshit for that. Yeah, that and then I have several friends who wish me to play with them. <laughs> there's there's a continuing uh, a contributing factor. But uh, <laughs> but but boy howdy, would I sure love to be able to click some shit. Would I would I ever very much like to be able to click some shit? I mean, I feel like that's that's not fair. There's a, there are other. I want to say there's a Savage Worlds program out there with which you can use to make characters. I have not dug it up because I am lazy, but I'm. It's sure probably like it, someone's shopped out Excel file. Like that's half care half the time when you Google random system character generator, it's a fucking oh this is an Excel file that someone built. I sure hope I don't put in any bad data. Well, like, Chummer 5 existed for a while, and it was like... Does it not now? Uh, I don't know its current state, but I know that it still exists. Like, <laughs> it's It didn't get deleted off the internet or anything like that. Chummer 5 was so shitty. I, I, <laughs> I keep Hero Lab around just... Hero Lab, which now I know what it is, I keep it around exclusively just because of that reason. And that's fair. Anyway, I feel like we've mined this topic a bit. Is there any thoughts on this? Is there, is there anything you're hopeful for? Or are you just like, fuck this shit, fuck D&D, fuck Hasbro, fuck the man, fuck capitalism, fuck D&D beyond the fuck virtual tabletops? So you actually touched on something there for a minute. That you were talking about Savage Worlds. And it's like, in this ecosystem where it's only D&D, just how many systems have you played in the last, let's say, two years? Uh, what, four or five. Yeah, well, that's all about to to go away. I don't think so. That's that's what they want. I think they'll just make new games. Like, okay, I like Shadowrun, but I would love for there to be a Shadowrun that wasn't bad. Like, 
Shadowrun leans real heavy on its awesome setting and lore. God, these rules, and I, I like I like a lot of them. I like I, I like half of them. I like, I like half the Shadowrun rules. I really like half of them. I want to find the person that wrote them and like maybe hit them with the tire iron a little bit, maybe just a little bit, right? Don't you? Don't you wish there was a better game that did the same thing? What? How do you feel about playing Shadowrun with the D twenties? If they can make it work, that's not what I asked. If they can make it work, I'll be down. It, it would not be if you're asking me what, how, what, what do you want Shadowrun with D and D rules? No, because D and D rules would not suit it. But they can still just like not do that. They don't have to make it fucking like like Pathfinder and Starfinder. It doesn't have to be dungeons and heistcraft or some shit. Or it doesn't. They don't have. To, they can Heist they can craft. make whatever they fucking whatever they want. I don't know why you would think that they would spend the time after developing this system, like the online system itself, why they would spend the time programming, designing, building, all of that, and then not try to get everything therefore, thereafter to run off of, in this case, the D20 system. Uh, I can. Well, one... What you think of a pain in the ass, I think of as selling more shit. Like, oh, you like that D20 set? Oh, fuck. It doesn't work on our new dungeon run set. You didn't even have to buy these D6s. Whoopsie doops. They or, D, or, or D8s, wait. because you can't just go buy them in the store. They're not selling physical. They're on this digital kick. Right. In that case, do you know what the benefit is? The benefit. Let's, let's say they spend a bunch of time, effort, and money making it awesome. Do you know why you do that? Because you get to kill fucking Shadowrun. You get all the Shadowrun money forever. But why would I as... Uh, where's, the, where's where I'm going with this? Like, they're not uh, trying to rob you. They want to build a better thing that you buy. They want you. <laughs> they want to make the better thing, and they want you to buy it, and they want to be the only one around. Now, will they ever leverage that and suck? Possibly. <laughs> you know, it's like Amazon. Amazon's free shipping was amazing. Were they going to use that to bankrupt their competition and eventually make their shipping shittier? Yeah, but it took a minute. It was a good time there. It was great. <laughs> Everybody enjoyed it, except for... Yeah! <laughs> but it's like... Yeah. The, uh, sorry, it's getting almost that's, that's, here. I, I feel um, like you're not, I just want to be sure you get the argument. They're trying to be the Amazon. They're not trying to give you shitty thing. They're trying to give you something you actually want. Like people bitch about Amazon, but they, they still use it over their local retail. Retail. They bitch about Uber, but they'll never take a cab. Like people bitch about it, but it's still better. They want to be that. They want to be this thing that you bitch about, but it's still so so fucking good. You give them the money. It's just like the words I want for this. Um, I don't see them developing a dice system past what ever they pro VTT for that they would not try to force all other games to use. Because once you learn D&D as a dice system, then any other product that they put out that is based on D&D, including hashtag not Shadowrun D&D, yeah. you're, you're already halfway to buying because you don't need to learn a new system. You, you, there, you, okay. Go ahead, and sorry. there are many things that the system does poorly for things that are not heroic fantasy. 
I really agree. I don't know. But I, I guess I'm saying there's a chance they figure it out. Maybe they have a... Sp- I don't know. I, I don't want to get too in the weeds. As Again, the podcast. you continue to have faith in giant corporations that have no reason for you to have faith in them doing the thing that is no, they get better it. If they, for if the they, I'm not doing it. They're not doing it for the consumer. My point is, if they, if it's like, why should they do this? It's not to help the consumer. It's because they get to kill Catalyst. Yeah, but they don't care about Catalyst because Catalyst is already like not impactful in a statistical way. To like, you have the amount of people out there playing D and D, and then you have the amount of people out there that are playing Cthulhu, Shadowrun, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The numbers statistically they go after that is very, very small. Like, if, oh, I have the numbers. I have the wanted, Okay, hit me with those numbers. I love statistics. Here we go. Here we go. So on Roll20, this is an org group industry report. Uh, now, uncategorized is 15%. All other games that are not on this list are 11.5. So it's about 26% of games, which are either too small to count, or we don't know what the fuck they are because it didn't categorize, right? So I want you to visually imagine your pie chart. 25% is gone. Okay, 53% are D&D 5th edition. What? I said, so let's categorize to just assume that also half of that is D&D. Yeah, yeah, probably. So 53% are categorized as D&D 5E. Okay. Just take half. that E, turn it backwards into a 3, that's what the fuck it is. Did we, did we lose a recording? I think we lost the wheel probably would be my guess. Not oh, fuck. <laughs> we talked yeah, about Pathfinder's Pathfinder's three and a half, Pathfinder two one and a half, because you know fifth edition big. Do you know what the highest thing is that's not D and D? I would have to guess that it's uh, Call of Cthulhu. You're right. I'm shocked. I didn't think anyone played Call of Cthulhu with us. It's eleven percent. Maybe they come out with that game. There's a lot of people in Japan that like Call of Cthulhu. Ah, tentacles and stuff. It's like the, I believe <laughs> the thing I, I, so th- there's two things. One, the joke answer is the tentacles thing. The other part is Japanese horror is fucked up, and traditional Western horror games outside of like Call of Cthulhu because it's based on that percentile based system don't really uh, don't really support a play style that is what. Japanese horrors like. Gotcha. Oh, I, I, I'm kind of tired at this point. I feel like we've we've mined this topic. Is there anything on this? Uh, back over the whole yeah. thing. You think they'll pull oh, it off? Okay, Is ready. It... So here's how they kill Shadowrunner. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Buy Catalyst Game Labs. <laughs> Do it. Close it. <laughs> it was like when they when somebody asked, "We will we be able to play other games on your virtual tabletop?" And they're like, "We don't know." The implication being, we we don't know. We, don't, we haven't bought them yet. We don't possibly. <laughs> we you may be able to play play all kind of shit. It depends on how much money we can buy them for. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> this is a thing that comes up occasionally on uh like the vampire discords that I talk to uh, people on. Cause they're like, Oh, how does my rich elder get revenge on this upstart fledgling? Nobody that pissed them off by their house. Yeah. Bulldoze it I during mean, the day. Like they are the company that makes monopoly. It's not like the concept is just super goddamn foreign. <laughs> so 
yeah, like it will get to a point where they're just like, you know what? It's not worth actually competing. Let's just buy them out. The, here's my last question for today before, before we wrap this thing up. Okay. Would you rather Wizards of the Coast purchase and take stewardship of Shadowrun or should it stay where it's at? In the hands of Catalyst Game Labs? C-G-L. I mean, my thought is that I, I don't have a good answer for this. Mostly <laughs> because I don't trust Catalyst to make revisions to Shadowrun 7th edition that would be something that I was excited to play. And I don't deserve to make to buy Shadowrun and if they were to continue to produce the game, like continue the lore and stuff, to make it in a way that it is not just Shadowrun with D20. And neither of those options are attractive to me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that's that's about where I'm at. I, I would I don't know myself. Maybe it was an unfair question to ask. I don't think they would kill off the D sixes, but I don't know what they would do if they would just close it for I don't know. Anyway, that's that's uh I hope it's been an interesting night. I hope it's an interesting conversation. I hope our editors forgive us for going on for about an hour and forty five minutes. Uh <laughs> look, it's just the sorry, I have a cat now apparently. Um it's just the extended after hours you know, out of character at, at not yeah. at dark. It's after dark. There this it is where we at... talk about the Call of Cthulhu tentacles <laughs> a lot more. Yo, Jupe is pro tentacles. <laughs> yeah, you've been to her apartment. Oh, uh, but what? <laughs> you know how much worse that makes it sound? <laughs> it sounds so much worse. Sorry. <laughs> so grief fixes that one. Yep. Yeah. Got... <laughs> Dude, we're going to get murdered. <laughs> like that. She'll just never let you run the show again. That's all. Yeah. Oh, shit. I had, I had asked her, like, do you have an audible topic or do you want Cotton to run this? Because I have not been paying attention to TNT. Whatever. Yeah. The important part is the tentacles. Anyway, that's that's what I got, y'all. So uh, I guess we're going to tell everybody good night. And we're sorry. Uh, you're sorry. I'm not. <laughs> Oh, I gotta control the book. Wait a second. It is the 16th of April. I hope you did your taxes because I didn't do mine. Uh, Jupe, feel better. Yep, feel better, Jupe. <sighs> and not even my taxes either. We just filed extensions. <laughs> So, I thought I had requested my uh, get my cup and get out of the way here. Um, but I want to go with my words here that I forgot my words. Um, I thought that I had gotten them because I had gotten this is an important tax document from a previous employer. I'm like, cool. I'll put this away so when I get my other ones, I can sit down and do them. And then didn't do them. And then when I sat yeah. down. Step four, fuck it up. Step five, forget about that piece of paper. <laughs> uh, and then when I sat down, I think it was Thursday or Friday, to to do them, I realized that that other paper I thought was my tax paper was actually the you had insurance this whole time paper. Yeah, yeah I knew it. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, your W two you've been using as a coaster. I, uh, I don't know where it is, and I don't know if I ever got it because I don't remember seeing it. 